0: Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello. Welcome. My name is Missy Armstrong. And if it's your first time here, hi. We're so happy that you're listening. And we hope you get a lot out of the lesson today. If this is not your first time, welcome. Hello and welcome. My name is Missy. And if you're this is your first time here, welcome. We're glad to see you. And if you've been... Here before and you've listened before welcome back we are going to be going through Moses today from the point of them leaving Egypt which is where we left off last week to probably the Red Sea because there's a lot of stuff to talk about and I know you're thinking what happened in there there is a lot of stuff that happened when you look at it closely, so here we go. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 13, is where we will start, and we will start at verse 17. And so let's get started. Okay, Genesis 13, starting at verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them through the Philistine country though it was shorter for God said if they face war they might change their mind and return to Egypt so God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea and the Israelites went up to Egypt went out out from Egypt ready for battle Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said God will surely come to your aid. And then you must carry my bones up. With you from this place. After leaving Succoth. They camped at Ethram At the edge of the desert. By day the Lord led them. With a pillar of a cloud. To guide them on their way. And by night. A pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi Hathroth between Mingol and the sea. They were to encamp by the sea directly opposite of Bel Zephram. Pharaoh will think The Israelites are rounding around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert, and he will and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Israelites and Egyptians will know that I am the Lord so the the Israelites did this then the king of Egypt Pharaoh was told that the people had fled Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said what have we done we have let the Israelites go and have lost all of their services so he had his chariot made ready and he took his army with him he took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites, who were marching boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped near pi opposite of Baal. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching, marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us here to, in the desert to ju- to die? What have you done to all of us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we... St- Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered to the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord, and the Lord will, a deliverance the Lord will bring today. The Egyptians will see today, that you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your stra- staff and stretch it over the sea and divide the water that the Israelites can go through on dry land. I have hardened the hearts of the Egyptians so go in after them i will i will gain glory through pharaoh and all of my army all of his army through the, his chariots and his horsemen the egyptians will know that i am the lord when i gain glory through pharaoh his chariot his chariots and horsemen then the angel of god who had been traveling in front of israel withdrew and went behind them the pillar of cloud also moved in front and stood behind them coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel throughout the night the cloud brought dra- darkness to to one side and light to the other neither went near the other all night long then moses stretched out his hand over the sea And all of the light that the Lord had drove, dove the sea, all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea by dry land with all the water, with a wall of water on the right and on the left. The Egyptians pursued them And all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them during the last watch of the night. The Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at them and at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, Let's get away from this Israelites. The Lord is fighting against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and the chariots and the horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing towards it and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea not one of them survived but the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the so- on the shore and when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and Moses his servant so let's let's go back and talk about what's what's happening right here right before this were the plagues of Egypt the last plague of course being the death of the firstborn and the passover That God set up for the Israelites. And when all of this had happened, God finally eased Pharaoh's heart. And he proved, God proved to all of Egypt that he was the one true God, that he was more powerful than all their fake gods. And Pharaoh gave in to the commands and let the people leave. But, of course, God said, I want to prove, even more so, to the Israelites and the Egyptians that I am the Lord. Right? So, he had them not go through the Philistine land because he didn't want them fighting, didn't want them to want to go back to Egypt. So, he took them around the outside, around the desert areas. And to to Pharaoh and most of the other people, it looked as if they were lost. It looked as if they didn't know where they were going, or maybe they they were just so confused. Now you got to remember. You, now you have to remember this is not just a couple hundred people. Like it, according to Exodus fourteen twenty one. There is at least two and a half million Israelites with livestock and wagons and various things traveling together as a group. So it's literally a nation moving together as a group. And and so from Pharaoh's perspective... And, of course, God did harden Pharaoh's heart. It looks like they're just a group of weirdos or idiots running around the, uh, the desert trying to find their way. But, of course, God did have them camp exactly where he wanted them to camp, to be exactly where he wanted them to be. And he was leading them every step of the way right and this is where we get that pillar out that cloud during the day and the pillar of fire at night that lead the israelites around during this time this is the presence of god this is god leading them they can see it going in front of them and then god tells them you're going encamp- you're going to camp here and the sea is on one side of them egypt is on the other and they have very little faith i mean let's let's be honest okay like they just saw god perform all of these amazing plagues to free them from slavery that they had been in for generations and generations. But when they realize that the pharaoh that Pharaoh is coming after them and here they are down here and it's Pharaoh on one side, sea on the other, they start to do what? Complain. Well, we should have stayed. When, when you came on, when you when you first came here, I said I didn't want to come, right? I said, let us be. You know, they are complaining and they are whining and they are. Uh, why did why did you even do this? Were there not enough graves in in Egypt that you got to bring us out here to kill us, right? I mean, smart Alex. Oh my goodness. I don't know how Moses didn't want to just slap him, And he probably did. Especially that one about the grave incident. While it's quite funny, the line about not having enough graves in Egypt, it's still just, oh my goodness, it reminds me of my son when he was a teenager, you know. And you just, just have to hold back because poor Moses, he... He's just doing what God's telling him to do. And then these people. Are just. Constant with the complaints. And if anybody. Has ever been in ministry. Where you are a leader. Um, in a pastoral role. A youth director type of role. Um, anything like that. Where you are trying to lead people. But especially where. Pastors are concerned. They end up being like Moses so many times right here. Because Moses is trying to do what's right. He's doing what God's told him to do. Every step of the way. He has a plan and he's doing the plan. And the people. They don't see the plan. God hadn't opened their eyes to what's happening yet. And so Moses. Is just. Trying to endure as well as keep the peace. He's doing what God tells him to do. And these people with their constant complaints. And that's why I say about pastors. So many pastors endure so much where their flock is concerned. Because they hear complaints from this side. Complaints from that side. They hear... All of this and all of these body aches and pains. And so many people's in the hospital. And this person's having financial troubles. And this person's... And while all of these things are problematic for the people. And they may honestly and truthfully need prayer. And need guidance. They all take them to the pastor. So many of our pastors Are run so ragged. Because their flock is bringing. Every single problem to the pastor. And. Do we all need to go to the pastor all the time? No. Do we sometimes? Yes absolutely. But you also have to realize. There are other people in the church. There are deacons. There are deacons wives. There's pastors wives. There is a wide variety of people in the church that might be able to help you with your problem. You have to remember a pastor, even if the church is quite small, let's say it's less than a 100 people or a 100 people, those 100 people are all looking to the pastor. If each of the people require one hour a day or one hour, just say one hour that week, just An hour that week. Because we're not even going to do an hour a day. If it's a hundred of them. Right. So an hour that week. That's a hundred hours. The pastor has spent. Dealing with problems. Of. Each. Of their flock member. Or you know. Each of their members of their flock. But. You know. He also has to spend time. Studying. Praying. Preparing. He's got sermons to write. Or sermons to study for. He has to spend quiet time with God. He has to spend time with his wife and his family. So many people suffer. Pastors. Because. People are bringing things that aren't necessarily needed to them. Right. If you have a major problem. Yes, contact your pastor. If you can discuss a problem or a need or something with someone else in the church and get it solved. Or get help. There are many people in the church that will sit down and talk to you about your problems. That will sit down and discuss with you. And and if they can't help you, maybe then contact the pastor. But you don't necessarily need to go to the pastor Every time. I always feel so. So upset. For. A preacher who. I'm watching. Talk to. The flock before church. And they've got so many people coming up to them. Telling them. Every bad thing that's happened to them this week. And they're about to go up. And preach a message. They're trying to share. What the Holy Spirit has given to them. And you're filling their head with. Your. Busted toenail. uh, Tire that blew out. Your kid. That is acting. Crazy and stupid and rebellious. Because that's what they do. And you're filling his head full of this. Before. He is preaching. And I think that's such a disservice. Let him have his moments before church. I, I'm i a speaker and I've speak, spoke at several things on several occasions. and I frequently will disappear and find a room, find a hiding place. And stay there for 10 to 20 minutes before I ever speak. Clearing my mind, praying. To God, asking for deliver, you know, asking for direction, asking Him to take over, just dealing with myself to get myself out of the way before I speak, and then I will speak. But I do that isolated situation because of that to clear my head of everything, so that. God can speak through me. So please have a little bit of patience with your pastor. Don't always take every little problem to him. There are other people in the church that can lead you, that can help you. Especially use your deacons and your deacons' wives and the pastor's wife and leaders of Sunday school classes. Youth directors, youth pastors, children's church leaders. Use those people. Because if you spread that out. Spread your problems out. They can give the Cliff Notes version to the pastor. If needs be. But I have seen so many pastors just run ragged. And so many of their families suffer. Because... Some people in the flock that th- decide that they need to share every single problem that they have with the pastor. I'm not saying cut him off. Absolutely talk to your pastor. Share what you need with your pastor. Even talk to him about things, serious things that need to be talked about. But don't fill his mind full of... Of a bunch of. crops and complaints. And situations. That. You could have just prayed. Or you could have talked to someone else. To help you pray through this situation. So. Especially before services. Please. Just try to have a little heart for the pastor. Think about it. If you were about to go speak. Do you want somebody telling you all about their aches and pains and bunions and heartburn and gas that they've had all week before you're getting up to speak about the Lord? I don't think so. So just have some compassion. Just like Moses here had to listen to all of this. Your pastor has to listen to all of this as well. And so, the Lord tells Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell these Israelites to move on. And he, you know, I'm sure in Moses' head, he's like, where am I going to go? Right? And God says, raise your staff up over the sea, and I'm going to make it, I'm going to, you know, split it up, dry it off. Y'all going to walk up. You're not even going to get mud on your sandals because that's nasty. When you get mud in between your toes, it's going to be dry. And then the Egyptians are going to go out in there And I am going to show the glory of the Lord. Right? I am going to show the Egyptians my glory right up in here. And he did. And they did. And the Egyptians pursued them with all their horses. And everything. Right? And the Lord, he did exactly what he wanted to do. He, he stopped the chariots, kept them from moving. All of a sudden, this chariot stopped working. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Then the water just covered them up, drowned them all. And this is awesome to me. Not just the physicalness of it but the symbolism of just gonna wash that history of Egypt and everything right out of your minds right we're gonna move on we put this sea in between you and Egypt now right and so we're moving forward and in this section of verses in this chapter actually is probably one of my most Quoted verses. (laughs) And. um, It is in chapter 14. And. uh, It starts at verse. Well it's 13 and 14. But I mostly. I mostly quote 14. And it says Moses answered the people. And said do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance. The Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And chapter 14. Be still and let the Lord fight your battles. I am constantly telling people, be still. And let the Lord fight your battles. Be still. Right? Especially when dealing with teenagers and stuff, they... There's so much emotions and so much anxiety and so much of everything when something negative happens. Their immediate response in most cases, set cases is, I'm going to fight this thing, right? We're going to fight, right? And their inmost desires at that moment is, they need to pay or I need to get revenge, right? I mean,. This is the, and so I'm constantly telling kids be still. Stop. Clear your mind. Make your mind calm. And let the Lord fight for you. The Lord can do so much more damage and so much more to a person than you could ever imagine if you put it in His hands. He may change a person completely. And I have seen that happen absolutely in person more than once. I had this problem with this neighbor across the street. And she complained about everything. Um, I was getting married to my husband and we were getting ready for the wedding and so he was or getting ready he was going to move he was going to move in with me after we got married so he was slowly moving his stuff into the house and there were boxes on the porch and i have a big screened in front porch so he had some boxes on the porch that we were slowly you know working into my house of his things and she called and complained about the boxes. She called and complained. Because. Uh, she thought. I wasn't home when my son. Got off the school bus one day. Um, but I was home. I just didn't. I usually walked outside. Unfortunately. Something happened. I may have had to go to the bathroom. Or I might have had to answer the phone or something. And I didn't go outside. And he walked up to the door. Of course came in. And I was inside the house. Um, but she called, showed up in the yard. She didn't think I was here when he got off the bus. Of course I was. Um, it was constant. The, the grass is too long. the The house is, you know. There's there's a hole in the face the fascia or whatever of the house. The squirrel getting into the roof. None of her business. What what I maybe I want squirrels in my roof. I didn't. But I'm just saying, it was this kind of stuff constantly and i was so stressed out and of course at this point i'm also planning a wedding i'm about to get married and um she's just constant and i i just one day i said okay uh and we just started praying me and my husband no my boyfriend well he's my husband now but every day we prayed and I didn't do anything to her I didn't complain about her I didn't do anything. I waved at her every day, I smiled at her every day, and I prayed. My husband and I got married we went on our anniversary i mean on our- on our honeymoon when we came back It was a different car across the street during the week we had gone on our anniversary on our on our honeymoon we uh Somebody came up, offered her cash for the house, and uh, she, her, and her family were moving their stuff out of that house. They were going to go stay with other family members till they bought a new house. God removed her from my situation, and this is not the end of the story. During this time, I wasn't aware, um, and I don't even know if she was aware, but it came out later, shortly after this, She was diagnosed with brain cancer. Was that the reason why she was annoying me? I don't know. Was it God putting brain cancer on her? I don't know. She survived. And a few years later, I ran into her. She had gotten saved. And God had completely changed her life. She is one of the most Christian women I have ever met. I don't know that anything that me and daniel did in the praying and the trying to deal with this situation affected anything but what i know is god fought my battle and when i came home from my honeymoon she was no longer my neighbor and she changed completely but you have to be still you can't keep taking up the reins. You I couldn't have kept a you know, attack go and attack her for some reason or go and complain about her. I had to keep myself controlled. Smile, wave at her and pray for her. I required myself to be still. And the Lord fought my battle. This is one thing I Firmly and strongly believe. Clear your mind. Allow God to take it. Allow God to take that anxiety. To take that anger. And it's hard. Because our sin for nature, we want to get back at people. We want to see people pay an eye for an eye, we want to say. Right? We forget that Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Right? Right? But remember this, the Israelites could have never fought against the Egyptians the way and caused the amount of destruction that the Lord did and one sweeping movement. So just be still. Don't focus your mind on things and allow the Lord to fight your battle. Let it go. In the words of. What is it Elsa? I don't know. I've never seen that movie. I'm one of the only ones. But. Anyway. Just. Let it go. And let God fight your battle for you. So. Sometimes in our lives. It feels like we're standing there. Having a Red Sea experience. Right there is what seems like an impossible path ahead of us and a disastrous path behind us and the disaster from the behind is closely or slowly closing in on us squeezing us in and we are facing this red sea Moses said, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Stop struggling. Stop fixating on things. Stop seeing the sea. And stop underestimating God. What I have noticed in my life is... If you expect good things to happen, more times than not, you're going to see the good in anything that happens. If you expect the bad to happen, you will see the bad in anything that happens. And when you expect to see a miracle, a miracle will find you. And I will I will die on the hill of God still performs miracles I have seen miracles in my life not just daily but the daily miracles of life in general of nature of the things around us and the amazing magnificence of the Lord and then to see God heal someone that shouldn't have never should never be alive like they should not have survived this and see them heal them over and over and over again because they had a purpose to see somebody with a debilitating disease that should not be able to still stand up and preach stand up and preach the word of the lord because that is his purpose that's a miracle to watch babies being born and just heal, healing infants and newborns, and just the ju- that's just like that's just health. That's not even talking about finances with God blessing over and over and over again and providing us with things that we should not have. There shouldn't be a reason why this happened. But it did. And now God has blessed us. Let's bless God. Right? Like expect a miracle. I used to. My mother-in-law and father-in-law used to attend this church. And every Sunday morning. They sang a song. Um, And it talks about. I know something good's about to happen, right? Or I feel like something good's about to happen... or something like that... every Sunday morning. And I watched that church, like... just really... grow... and you saw people getting saved... and you saw this small country church... and it didn't turn into a mega church... and it didn't... but for its size... Amazing things were happening in that church. So when facing your Red Sea. Please. Expect a miracle. Pray. Be still. And expect miracles. That's what I want you to do today. This week. Thank you so much for listening to me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And please remember to be good to yourselves, be good to others, and smile because God loves you and so do I.